Sylvester James, better known as Sylvester, was an American disco and soul singer-songwriter. Known for his flamboyant and androgynous appearances, he was often described as a drag queen, although he repeatedly rejected such a description. Responsible for a string of hit singles in the late 1970s, Sylvester became known in the United States under the moniker of the Queen of Disco. This term would continue to be given to the singer into the 21st century. Born in Watts, Los Angeles, Sylvester developed a love of singing through the gospel choirs of his Pentecostal church. Leaving the congregation after being persecuted for his homosexuality, he was an early founder of a group of African-American cross-dressers and trans women known as the Disco Tays. Sylvester is also responsible for igniting the careers of many disco greats, including Martha Wash and Azora Armstead, vocalists of the hit song, It's a Raining Man! <laughs> Sylvester's partner, Rick Kramer, became infected with the AIDS virus. With no known medical cure, Kramer died in September of 1987. Although he recognized that he too was probably infected, Sylvester refused testing and medication in a political effort to destigmatize AIDS and HIV. Beginning work on an album that would never be finished, he tried his best to continue performing, even though he became too sick to undertake a full tour. In an interview with the NME, he stated that, I don't believe that AIDS is the wrath of God. People have a tendency to blame everything on God. Sylvester died in San Francisco on December 16, 1988. The English journalist Stephen Brogan later described him as a star who shined brightly. He only happened once. He was a radical and a visionary in terms of queerness, music, and race. Nice. Shout out to biography.com for that. Child, I don't know where I got this, but I got it from the internet. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Sylvester. <laughs> Amen. So, what made you select him for this month's? Because well, this week's everything. Uh, Black History Month. I, Let me tell you something. Uh, spotlight. My bad. Apart from Beyonce, <laughs> Janelle Monet, Prince, Patti LaBelle, and Luther, there is Sylvester right there. He okay. is one of the people who shaped not only my aspired artistry, but my life, okay? What nice. will Sylvester do? He would slick that hair back, beat that face, push some titties up when he was fat, and keep it pushing. He looked good. He, he looked look good. good, okay? In that one piece, Shout singing Dance to... With Me in the Disco Heat. Come Shout on out to <laughs> Shout out to Sylvester. We speak your name. Yes, we do. Uh, your memory lives on. on through us. I'm about to be the star of that biopic. All right. All right. We're I'm claiming it today. Give you a little top, a little curly top. We, just a little swoop. <laughs> Actually, there is a video, guys. Challenge. When I was an undergrad at University of Maryland, I bought a wig, like a little swoop wig. I was hella drunk off the tequila, and I like wore it with my hair blowing in the wind. If you can find that on the internet, because I know it's out there somewhere. So, which housewife of Atlanta? I was Nene Leakes. Okay. It was a Nene wig. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I had on the sunshades too. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, please find that video. Find that video. Find okay. That and send it to us. This is okay. Off the Runway. <laughs> By the way, y'all, welcome to another week. Hi, of chickens. Welcome to the Hung What's Up Podcast. Up, where you may not have an Eenie Leaks wig, uh -huh. but we'll never hang up on you. <laughs> Your shit may not be off the runway, but we'll never hang, hang up, up on, on you. you. Where we stand with all the queens and coquettes. Okay? Because that's what Sylvester was in. <laughs> but again, we will never, we will never. hang up on you. Yes, sir. As always, I am P. Ryan. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I-A-N-P-R-Y-A-N. Thank you. Why are you laughing? 
Who are you? What's up, y'all? I'm Eric, and you can find me on the gram, yeah. on the Twitter and things. At E. Dante Cole. Yes, find us both, babes, on Instagram and Twitter at H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D, Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. Yes, sir. Send, continue to send all your emails. Thank you so much uh, for reaching out via DM. But we're going to need y'all to shift that to the email box. Mm-hmm. And you can shift it at HungUpPod at gmail.com or click the email link on our Instagram page. Yes, 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 yes. Um, last but not least, thank you so much in advance for the ratings. Keep them coming on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere where you can find a man who will take you out one day and then drop you the next. So like Olive Garden? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Olive Garden has some bland, list, bland food, but it's good as shit. The commercials make it look so good. Yeah, for like two meals for two dollars. But they just, the price, but they just make it look good. <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> it look good. You know, Olive Garden got a bread bowl now, bitch. I'm about to go. <laughs> a bread bowl? Yeah. Oh, see, now they just try to have America fat again. Listen, make America thick again. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, P. Ryan? I'm doing well. How are you? We'll get so, so, okay. Yeah. Do you want me to check in first? Yeah. My week has been cute. Oh, my goodness. So, Eric, you'll understand this because you are a video gamer, right? I am. So, on Whoa, your- moderate. Because some of these... You turn on the Asian channel and these hoes is beating me out. Oh, okay. So we, we can't just compete. not going to be an inclusive show? You can't compare where you don't compete. Okay, we just going to stereotype people, <laughs> huh? We going to make them the model minority? No, listen, every gamer knows when someone Asian get on there, you, you're not playing against them because they're going to whoop your ass. Oh, my goodness. Because they, <laughs> they, they made the game. Listen, so we're just going to let you know from the start that we have some guests on the show, but <laughs> the Hunger Podcast does not ascribe to these stereotypes right. and these racially charged statements. I mean, okay? These are microaggressions. Know, I mean, you know. Mm-mm, I know we don't, okay, because we're trying to get a sponsorship. I should. Speaking I of, this um, episode was brought to you by Malbec. Hello, Honda. Okay. Malbec. Concha y toro Malbec. See, we just... Wow. Okay, it was $10 at the wine store. God is good. Well, the name said it all. Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, no, my week was cute. So, I mentioned, okay, you're used to these gaming things, right? Yeah. So, I've only had, like, maybe a max of five games in my life, right? Dance Dance Revolution was one of them. But what... But... What system did you have? Was it PlayStation? Oh, I had a PS2. Wow. Okay, when it just came out. And you haven't upgraded since then, huh? No, bitch, because I've failed every game that I tried to play. My mom had the nerve to buy me Final Fantasy X2, and to truth be told, I asked her to buy that for me because the three girls looked cute on the front. And then... (laughs) Wait, and they had a cute outfit on They had the cutest outfit. (laughs) And then I learned that you could transform into different outfits. Bitch, I was ready to play. Next thing I knew, some monster came out and killed all my characters. I was like, what the fuck? Uh-uh. I just got... I said never again. I just put this cute-ass outfit on them, and you're gonna come out and kill you know, my fucking character? And then you know they had the one... I think her name was Rain, and, Listen, like, she had all black on. It was amazing. I don't fuck with Final Fantasy. That is a whole, like, genre of folks <laughs> that really fuck with Final Fantasy. I'm more of a Ghost Recon, Black Listen. Ops... And you know I don't play with the ghosts. You know... I only play uh, with the Holy Ghost. Injustice. Injustice 2... Batman, Gotham, 
Deadpool. Well, that game sucked actually on PS4. That that shit sucked. I had an X Men game, like a fighter game. I couldn't fight. Like I tried to use Jordan Gray. I had everybody, and I could not win. So I just went online and found Shout the cheat code and unlocked the whole shit. So I just watched like all the See, videos. See, and that time. was back in the day of PS2 where you could get those fucking cheat codes yeah. and unlock shit. You know what? Let me shut up because maybe you can do that with four, but not that I know Listen, of. I was a good 14 years old, and when I realized Magneto could not be beat, I went online and I said, okay, square everything. X, triangle, up, down, 20, L3. You did. I was good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything was unlocked. I'm gonna drop this bridge down on this bitch and you dead. So none of my game, like I don't have gaming luck, right? But one thing I know about games is that sometimes there's a boss you have to beat, right? Well, that boss came in real life. So today I went to school um, to go do something at the clinic before I came to come to you, right? right. And somebody was like, burr, burr, like there was a horn honking. Wait, and I, how did the horn go? Burr, burr. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So I was like, who the fuck is beeping? So I turn around and it's this person like out the window, like, hey, Patrick, hey, Eric, do you remember how I told you about like my church trauma? Yes. And how like there was like particular people in church, like when I was younger, who would just make my life a complete hell. Yeah. Literally, it was the one person who was kind of like the ringleader of all of this hell. They were checking for you. They were like, hey, how (laughs) are you? I'm just like, who is this bitch? Right? So... In that moment, though, I just felt so much... I don't want to say that it was compassion, but, like, none of, none of that past mattered, right? It was kind of just like, mm. oh, I'm facing this final boss, but I'm about to go on, final boss. into a clinic that's related to my doctoral program. I don't know where you're going, but it looked like you put on a few pounds. Your head was wrapped like you had, you know, two or three kids. So... What what was there? You know, what was there to prove? I felt great. I was just like, hey, it's good to see you. And I kept it pumping in my tight ass pants. God is good. We thank him. That was my week. Wow. It's interesting you brought up the whole like Marvel thing. For my check-in, I was going to say, you know, we saw Black Panther over the weekend. We did. Is that but we'll get to that a little bit later we on will. in the episode. We will. Um, today at work, one of my coworkers came up to me and she was just like, you know, I was sitting in church and the pastor was talking about Black Panther. And, you know, we trying to understand what the big fuss is all about. You know, this movie, it's not going to bring, you know, better education to our schools. It's not going to do... She, like, you know, listed all these things that this pastor said. And I said, well, listen, the movie's not going to solve everything. Mm-hmm. That's number one. It wasn't made to. That wasn't the purpose. Number two, I think this whole idea of superheroes from the beginning was just, like, this person who overcame some type of obstacle in their life mm-hmm. right because all of our superheroes have some type of story unless they're like some type of villain but even though even the villains have backgrounds for becoming who there's a reason for who they became who they are so same thing with our our marvel heroes we just saw black panther right like it wasn't supposed to save every child's life it wasn't supposed to make every black kids come every black kid's dream come true. But it is just kind of nice when you can see a superhero the same color as me. That kind of opens up some dreams and some possibilities, especially for our younger kids. At the end of the day, representation matters. But what matters even more is representation that is successful, right? Because we've had mm-hmm. black superheroes before. Remember, Holly Berry did play a mean old cat woman, uh, okay? but nobody was checking for it. It wasn't good. What's his name? Blair? Was it Blair Underwood? No, that's not Blair Underwood. Oh, my what goodness. Movie? Forgive what? me, y'all. Blade. Oh. Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. 
I think it was actually connection good. to Halle Berry, but the we'll leave that alone. The first blade and the second blade were good. Okay, I so think. Blade was out here in these streets, right? But again, nobody was giving it as much praise as it needed. This was not only a representation of a Marvel superhero, but it was the first black superhero, right? So it was just popping, and it grossed like over what four hundred four. Oh million? my god, I think it's up to 700 Listen. million worldwide. So you're about to hit a billion, mm-hmm. which is really just crazy for a movie, right? So in this in this, in in this movie is still in the headlines. And that's why I told her I said I pulled up a picture of some kids who just so happened to go to school. They just wanted to dress up mm-hmm. like the Wakanda characters like sure that's what the movie was supposed to do like inspire people to think different to see something different to see themselves and take pride in that it may not open up more schools but it damn sure I know when I left the movie I was just like yo Mm -hmm. I can conquer anything so think of what it does to a child and let's also make mention that Marvel connected up with Disney so Shuri is our true black Disney princess and not Tiana who they made a frog throughout half the show more than half the show okay all right which one? Tiana, Princess and the Frog. Okay, I got you. Okay. What'd you okay. say? Oh, Tiana, uh, Shuri, or Tiana? Tiana. Oh yeah. Oh, well, you know I'm gonna leave that alone because <laughs> I'm not Greek. It's cool. <laughs> but besides that, I had to go to work on Monday, and I was kind of feeling like most of Black America, not my motherfucking president. Why am I here at work, right? So I'm here feeling like an asshole pissed off because I was at work on a Monday but it was it was it was cool I did my thing I know a lot of folks called out I wasn't one of them um besides that you know I really just had a couple of those Monica just one of those days this, oh, I thought this you were week. never meant to cause you no pain um, I just want to go back to being in the same and I'm only wanna make things right. 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 <laughs> Before right. you walk in my life. life. Hey. Hey. That's Monica with them sandals. You know she was in Philly this weekend. That wasn't the theme song for me this week. It was just <laughs> one of those days that a girl goes through. Is that the Well, I mean, you know, pronouns, <laughs> you know, he, she, her, Listen, him. We, we'll go with it. I'm a deity, so I go by all of it. All of it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's no sex. It's like, no, I'm not going to You're everything. I'm every person. A bright light. It's all in me. Anything you, you want done, done, baby, I do, do it naturally. Yes, <laughs> oh, Shaka. Oh, Black history. Oh. Shout out to Christina Aguilera. Um, <laughs> but yeah, y'all, I, I, I did have a couple of those, Monica, just one of those days this week. But you know what? And we talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. um, via text earlier this week. Just this, the struggle of adulting. <laughs> it's tough. It's just adulting, y'all. It sucks. Like, sometimes you up, sometimes you in the middle, sometimes you down, but then you get back up. You know what I mean? And that's one thing about me. I may be in my feelings in the moment, but I know better, right? I've taught myself better. I've been raised better. So I'm able to, you know, come out of that. So it was, you know, yeah, it is what it is, y'all. Growing pains, adulting, yeah. life. But after those growing pains, your joints are going to be <sighs> nice and smooth. So you can run and not be weary. Y'all know how Walk it is. Walk and not faint. That's why I'm not going to go too much into it because I don't want to so much focus on... The negative. The negative or what it was <laughs> that was bothering me. Speak the word. 
it's just about it's not about the setback it's about the get back mm-hmm. as my set up as for the, greatness as my Hallelujah. girl Farida would say well who's Farida well she's we were friends like mm-hmm. a really long time ago hey girl I haven't spoken to her in like years mm-hmm. but shout out to her because that is one of the things that she would always say and it stuck with me I remember I was sitting with her one day we were chilling in her crib and someone called her a prospective employer they were going in on her. They were like, well, I saw your resume and we need someone who can do this, 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 and this. And you didn't list that you could do this, that, and the third. And she said, well, hold on. Let me just, let, let, let's talk about what I can do. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, <laughs> it was stuff like that that Farida really Did she tell them that she can do all things through Christ who strengthens Christ. her? Okay. Give me the ways, task. I can rise to it. In many ways, that's exactly what she okay. said. Um, so in, in that, and also it's not about the setback, it's about the get back. Those are things that um, she would say constantly. And sometimes it was funny. Sometimes it didn't really mean much. But those are the little things, y'all, that stick with us. Even long years, years, years past, you think folks are not really thinking about you. But they are. Or that you didn't have an influence on people or someone. But you did. Mm-hmm. You really did. So, you know, things like that stick. So... That's my check-in for this week. Nice. What's good? Everything's good. So, <laughs> Eric and I, guys, are super excited. We are in the month of February. We're so sorry to have this delayed show. We had a little technical difficulties, but, you know, the enemy tried to attack. But guess what? As always, as the Bible says he will always do, he lost. Okay? He <laughs> lost. Because we're back here with the episode up. We're going to have an episode up next Sunday. Up. And so we're going to keep it moving. Poop it up. Pump it up. Pump it up. Uh, pump it up. Okay, cool. Now we do appreciate y'all uh being patient with us because we were like, uh, we're not posting on Sunday, but we know y'all rock out with us. Yeah, and anyways, y'all listen y'all. on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so we just posting on Sunday to be gracious, okay? <laughs> but No, some folks listen on Sunday too. They do? Yes. Okay. Well, at least on SoundCloud, because that's what I keep my eyes on. True. I don't know about the other platforms, but some of y'all do listen as soon as we post, and that's what's up. I appreciate y'all. If y'all listen on the other platforms, let us know, okay? Let a hoe know. Holla at us. But, Apple Podcasts, rate us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep this train moving. Choo-choo. Uh, listen, don't talk about these trains, because I need one. I mean, we anyway. Can, listen, we can talk about it. I mean, uh, we all got struggles. Maybe we'll see we it next struggles. time. That's another topic. For next week? All right. Perhaps? Choo-choo. Might be. Might be. We could at least fit it in. Yeah. <laughs> the wheels are turning. We're planning. But as you guys know, we're in this season of Black Gay Love. Um, it is February. We're going to give you the second installment. It was um, pre-recorded. So we hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. The show. All righty. Bye. Peace. What's up? Hey, guys. And we are super excited to give you part two of our Black Gay Love series. Deuce. Yep. As we said before, um, we looked at Oprah's own and noticed that Homegirl was not checking for Black Gay Men in her little Black Love series. <laughs> Even though we love you, Oprah. Hashtag no Monique like that. But, <laughs> but we wanted to just give you the content. So without further ado, Eric. Yes, yes. So for the month of February, we really just wanted to put some respect on gay or queer, you know, whatever. Or bi, DM, or bi, whatever. We're gay. Whatever you're feeling, <laughs> whatever <Okay>. you're into. <laughs> black love, queer, gay, black love. Um, like P. Ryan said, 
Oprah definitely inspired a conversation. But, you know, Hunger Pot, we really saw an opportunity to highlight a sector of men that we really didn't see represented in the conversation. Um, last week, we had on Bryce Lennon, and, you know, we discussed the ins and outs of being single and navigating love for self. This week, we wanted to shift our focus to a married couple, not only committed to each other, but also to their kids. They got kids, y'all. So we're gonna get into a conversation just about the ins and out of all of that. Um, what's up, y'all? <laughs> hey. Hi. Hi. How are you? Just dandy. How Welcome are you? to the show. Introduce yourselves. Oh, you want me to go first? I, I will. Did. Okay. <laughs> no, my name is Jay Maurice, Jmo1911 at G. Instagram.com. Gmail.com. Gmail. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's actually right. no, no. It's Jmo1911 at uh, Instagram.com. My name is Jay Maurice. Speaking of kids, they're in the background. Take your ass to bed. Oh. Sydney. Sydney will be okay. Oh, Sydney. Sydney is the, the hamster. hamster. Listen, y'all. Good night. This is a black household. Okay. Do you hear me? Take your ass. <laughs> hey, I'm Kenneth. Hey. <laughs> um, absolute value. 06 on Instagram, um, the other half to this dynamic duo. Absolute value because you're always positive. That's my line name. Absolutely. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm an absolute value. Nice. Okay. You know, there you go. Well, I'm glad you guys are both here with us tonight. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you. And we're in your home. Thank you for hosting us. We have um, a little dinner. Yeah, we have some fried chicken and. and French fries and, and some wine, okra, and it's all good. And marble um, countless hops. You know, I really spent some time with the both of you before you guys got married, before you had kids, and it really gave me a different perspective of both of you as individuals, um, but also as a couple. And so, like, you guys both bring something. To the table as individuals but it kind of like all comes together right so talk about that when it originally all came together what was that experience like when y'all first met who um, and how did you meet okay so we met online christian mingle sure <laughs> um is that what we're calling it yeah, that's a low call. In today. the Methodist section. Nice. Lying on God. In, okay. Indeed. Okay. So, what happened was. Now, when um, it's like real people, pe real people are out on this. Okay, like, Christian Mingo is not just for Christians and straight people, right? Well, it's it not is, for Christians? But, no, it's <laughs> but are all types of folks on Christian Mingo? No, I, think I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, I people who only believe in male female like relationships. So, straight Christians. Supposedly. Also, like Trump, like Trump dot dating. I, I oh, think that's no. like a website out. That's a, a no. website. That was like that's, super white. That's you can specify how white you are, like what what part of white you are. That's Bet you can find a black man with good credit on there, though. Because <laughs> 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 the Lord is No, I'm talking about on Trump dot com. Oh. Sheriff <laughs> Clark from Milwaukee. You right. Trump dot dating. Mm hmm. Anyhow, so, so we met online. We met on the internet. And yeah, it was it was funny because I was supposed to be out of town and I decided to um, stay home that weekend. And just so happened, 
Maurice was in the neighborhood and we exchanged messages online and then we ended up, I didn't remember that we talked that long. I remember us talking for a while, sitting outside and then talking in the so, house. Correction, I wasn't in the neighborhood because according to the app, we were at least nine miles apart. I don't think so. He was in DC and I was hanging out at one of my homeboy's house in uh, near FedEx Field on Garrett A. Morgan. Oh, you just giving out all the... G- the whole stroll. The, the, the- <laughs> so, Basically. that's at least nine miles. Well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have seen each other at all had I went out of town like I was initially planned to do. So, the Lord so, kept you home. It, he did. Mm. And I, feel, I truly think everything happens for a reason. Love brought you And home. I met this one. And we've kind of been stuck ever since. Like glue. Right. 30 days afterwards. No, this is history. So, y'all had a 30-day break? No, it was we met and not even thirty days. Within thirty days, we moved in with each other. That real lesbian really? relationship. Oh, that's Within nice. thirty days. Yeah, you know, lesbians after the first date they bring you home. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> it's like a stereotype. I, I don't know. I'm sure it's somewhat. Shit, I know a couple that moved you know? in. <laughs> what made you all jump so quickly? How'd you know it was like? Well, shit? I was still in my house in in the process of had an apartment and was like trying to figure out like what I was gonna do. Um, and he was just like, oh, well, why are you going to move out to Maryland? Like, you should just come over here. And I was like, okay. Mm. I think moving in together that soon is never a good idea. It works. Okay. Yeah. Looks like it worked out for this one. <laughs> How's that working out for this? For you, honey. No. No, I'm not doing shit. I'm, hold on. That's general because, you know, I, I hear that. I'm proud and single, and I don't, I'm not ashamed of that, but roommates let alone people in relationships don't work out and you hear the horror stories especially with gay men so i'm not making up anything no but you i think you have to that goes back that's like the argument of like oh if i meet you and i like you i don't have to have i don't have sex with you because mm-hmm. it's gonna be too soon mm-hmm. like no there's never too soon you don't know if Apples anything's going to i'm just saying no no, no i know what you're saying but in, together, in general i think it's just not a good idea when you first get together. I was saying. I mean, it forced you to deal with yourself and, like, deal with the relationship and realize... It you to deal with a lot of shit. Well, yeah, but that's what... so happy to I don't wanna, for y'all. I don't want to do that, that over six months. The rate of success months. isn't, you know, 100%. You know what I'm saying? No, it, not it, at it all. It happened to work out for y'all. No, not at all, but... Work out but if it didn't work out, I would have been happy with that because we would have found it out relatively soon. Yeah. I had just come out of a relationship when I met Kid Info not too long before that. And I, and, and I think the reason why we work is because we both knew what we wanted in a relationship. And we made it clear to each other, even that first night having dinner, walking across U Street, like what we wanted in our relationship and what we were going wanted to do and what we weren't going to do based on previous relationships. And what I wasn't going to do was wait two weeks to have sex with someone in, you know, because I liked them, yeah, and then to find right, and then find out the Shut fucking up. well, you know, and then to find out the sex was fucking horrible. Like that's not me. I wasn't going to do that anymore. I wasn't going to not step out on a whim if he invited me to come live with him because, oh, I don't know how this is going to work. No, I had I had coins. Like, if it wouldn't work, I would have picked my shit up and kept it moving because I already had a plan in place. Yeah. But the thing was, it was a matter of, like, everything that could have happened in our relationship and, have go- and could have gone wrong, all the worst shit happened within the first, like, 60 days. Like what? Cheating, <laughs> lying... Money issues, anything you can name, it all happened like within those first sixty days. And being able to work through that, those things yeah. was like said it all. 
Because people wait six months in a year. Like, oh, I'm not going to go to this next level with you until after I get to know you or I feel like I'm vested in you, only to get their shit fucked up and, like, their feelings hurt. Shut That's not me. down if you don't want to talk about it. So many times people have, like, this one question, right? Would you forgive somebody if they cheated, right? Would you be able to get through it? How did you guys get through it? Hmm. We talk. And we're still getting through it. Like, hmm. I don't think infidelity is something that you ever... It's like one and done. Like, you'll get over instantly based off an apology. Like, no. And people say, oh, if you forgive someone, you should be able like to forget it and kind of like move on. That's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. So I think when you, when you love someone, you know, you may still have a sore spot there, but you work through it. Mm-hmm. It's only when you don't care when you're like, okay, it is what it is, and then you kind of like move on with it. Like, I digress and keep moving. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's something that we still work on. And I think the thing is, people aren't honest about that in their relationships to even say, oh, four years later, like, yeah, we're still working on, like, shit that happened, like, in the first, like, year. Mm-hmm. People ain't honest with a lot of shit. Well, right. So, you know, I definitely admire your strength to really persevere through, through all of that. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't... Like you said, it, it it takes it takes a lot of work. Not everybody is willing to put in, you know, that kind of work. Um, my last relationship was okay. Mic up, down. <laughs> Continue. Was for six years, and we moved in together like immediately. You know what I'm saying? So when I made that comment, it wasn't out of like ignorance. It was something that I did. You know what I'm saying? And you're absolutely right. It takes a lot and you do really go through a lot of trials quickly and it tests the strength of a relationship mm-hmm. and a lot of times what we see especially in these young relationships and not, well I'm not going to generalize because it can happen in older and more mature ones too people run the first sign of something happening or having a disagreement or mm-hmm. an argument um, so again I just I think that's great and then you know this is where we have a marriage and you have kids so I feel like you can sustain that. You built the foundation in being able to get over those challenges that a lot of folks just kind of like run from. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely shows. Yeah, yeah I think we're, we're not taught how to have conflict mm-hmm. and disagree without being ugly or disagreeable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that has been one of the things that has like sustained us because while we st- we we're still working through that too around like sometimes we have arguments and like we're not the nicest to each other but we can step back and like reflect on it and i think take feedback from each other about like how we're interacting with each other um and when we hurt each other's feelings or you know do things that the other person doesn't like i think it just goes back to communication and being willing to like work through some stuff because if you if you're not used to or you're not willing to deal with conflict that's when people are just like fuck it and run yeah um, especially yeah. you know when we started dating in dc it's like yeah like i could run to the, the next best thing because there there is one there are several yeah so a lot got- of people have that attitude mentality you hurt me i'm out mm-hmm. and it's just like you know i get it like we've been hurt we've gone through things but always just kind of like being on flight mode 
-hmm. sometimes it can be a missed opportunity. Not just in relationships. I think in general. Jobs. But I also think too, like flight mode is needed sometimes. Sometimes it is. Come on, speak on it. Yeah. I think you can afford to be in flight mode when you're younger. Mm. And and not even just younger, when you just don't feel like being about the bullshit. Like you just don't have to deal. But I feel like every relationship comes with some bullshit because I think as, yeah, but we everyone as individuals knows, have our own bullshit. Yeah, but you know what you're, what bullshit you're going to deal with and what bullshit you're not going to deal with. And if you mm-hmm. see something that comes up and you're like, Mm-mm, I ain't with that. I'm not dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. choice. Like, get the hell out of there quick. Absolutely. Everybody has a choice. God gave us all free will. So. Right. But yeah, like, like Kenneth said, that <clears throat> it's about, you know, working on the relationship and working at it every day, but more importantly, working on yourself. Because, like Kenneth mm-hmm. said, sometimes we get into it like I'm a nasty old something when I want to be. But yes, nasty old something when I want to be. You know, I'm nice nasty, but um, like the nasty nasty. <laughs> no. And just no, but yeah. and, but I'm but see some one folks thing that wouldn't work for them, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, but that but would, I, and then going back to what you were saying, that would be a flight, right? Right, yeah, but, but you, you have to work on that. It works, like well, no, but the thing is, it's not even a matter that it works. It's because I don't want it to just work. It's a matter of like having to work on yourself. Like you know what I'm saying? No, I don't want to be in a relationship where it's like, oh, I can be like a nast nasty as shit, and then we just deal. Like no, I want to also like work on myself so that we don't have to get to that place. What did that working on yourself look like for both of you? It's still working on ourselves. Like, so I mean, what yeah, does it yeah, look it's like? like a what does, thing. What okay. does it look like? Yeah. Um, I think from from me, um, being more assertive, both in like, a, like navigating con- like everywhere from like navigating conflict to like navigating the bedroom, like mm-hmm. all of those things. Because being assertive is not necessarily my default setting, right? Yeah. Our biggest um, challenge. Yeah, and so being able to like do that and like speak up um, or initiate things um, is something that I'm always working on um and I, I feel like at some moments i'm better at it than others um but how so, though he was asking like how do you oh i, I think do that when you say work on i, I think practicing like I'm when intrigued. when something is bothering me like being able to speak up about it yeah. versus just like where my tendency would be was like i would just take things in take things in and then right. like having snap or like in your explode yeah, yeah. you know and so being able to say like hey when you did this i didn't like it um, also yeah. just, you know, trying to find ways like to initiate, you know, stuff. Um, <laughs> Y'all should see his face. Right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's just practicing. Right. Um, and, and then checking in with each other. And having like a voice it. takes practice. Like people who are not in relationships, you know what I mean? <laughs> are working on, you know, having a voice. So I respect that. What does working on look like for you? Well, I have nothing to work on. Uh, you be playing. No, let me stop. <laughs> um, that spirit of pride. We can ask him. I'm sure he will tell us. Well, no, I think for me, it's like I'm very direct. And it could come across as being curt and or abrasive. But I'm fine with that because I'm a confrontational person. So conflict doesn't, like, it's, it's something that, like, you know, if there isn't some level of conflict, it, it's not right to me. Oh my. 
And that could be like personal, professional, like relationships or whatever the case may be. Like I'm just not that. And again, maybe it's what? I was waiting for you to say what you were working on. I'm working on that. Not being in conflict all the time? Yeah, I'm trying to be, be less confrontational and like just let shit kind of like fall. Yeah, but then when it falls, yeah, that's what it is. Save I'm, that energy. I'm picking my battles Well, the thing was before though, I cannot, I cannot say anything and it's still a problem. What do you mean? Like, well, since we're talking about context of text of relationship, like something could go on or have gone on, and I cannot say anything, and it's like it turns into a bigger issue because I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a, I'm a shutdown type person <laughs> where it's exactly like I'm not going there with you. Like I just won't say shit to you, and keep moving. Like ain't nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So you weren't saying anything, but your nonverbals might have been saying something. Yeah, I'm sure. But Especially when we don't realize it, right? Right. No, I've realized it. No, uh, I, I feel like some people care. Though, don't care. Right. Yeah. Okay. But some okay. people do give off those non-verbals and they don't even know it. You know what I mean? No, I'm very in tune with my verbals and non-verbals. I know what my face is saying at all times. I know what my body language gives. I know what my actions are. So my and only thing with that though is that if someone says to you. You did this, or you made me feel this way. Since now, you're so sure of yourself, I'm just wondering: would that then shut you down from being like, "Well, no, that, that I didn't do that, or I didn't say that, or like if someone just can't, if someone said to you like, "You did such and such to make me feel this way," would you accept that, <laughs> or would you like? Yeah, I'm working. You said you're very sure about your actions. No, I'm working actions. on accepting. And in one, at one point, no, I wouldn't accept that. It was just like, you. okay, well, I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. You feel that way, but I it's glad to I know. <laughs> right, I said what I said. I'm glad to know that you feel that way. Yeah. No, but no. now I'm more so like, okay, like let me take a step back. It may take me a minute or a moment to apologize, but I will though. Are the kids helping? Like, what has made that shift? To make you well, it's funny. Back. Like we really hadn't had, we hadn't had any major like shit go on. Oh shit! I thought it was a glass of wine. What was that? So we're gonna have to rewind. No, nope. he'll fix it. Oh, okay, keep going. <laughs> they dropped the mic. Literally, um, literally. literally. <laughs> um, we hadn't had any major conflict since before the wedding. Which is good. Yeah. I think our biggest conflict actually comes from text messages, honestly. Yes. Like, communication and tone gets lost in all of that. That depends Um, on how you read that shit, too. That's exactly what it means. Right. Kenneth is very emotional when it comes to, like... Sorry. I'm not doing anything. (laughs) They dropped the mic again. Second time. <laughs> Second time. I'm literally just sitting here. Oh, God. What is going on in Harpo Studios? I, I, I thought I was just Is this here. mob back? <laughs> <laughs> do you get in your head when you read text messages? Is that what I it do. is? I um, do. Twins. I'm very... Because I'm... One thing I've always like been really conscious of, both like professionally and personally, mm. is just like my words and like I'm very careful mm. with how I cho- how I choose my words, particularly when I'm writing things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm very that. attuned to that. Yeah. And so when Maurice being very direct, when I see something 
and it's like the tone is there. It's like a bunch of like exclamation marks. Like I take that in a very literal way. Yeah. Um, and so that's one thing that I like am very like sensitive to. Um, and that's, I think of anything that like I've given Maurice feedback on in terms of like how we communicate, that has probably been like the single biggest one. Mm. Would what, you agree? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I guess that's how you, yes, I can't negate how you feel. No, I'm saying like, would you agree? Like that's probably the biggest thing I've given you feedback on. Is it oh yeah. Do I agree with like, that's the intent or, or end or like <clears throat> with everything you said? No. Yeah, no, that's why you need to agree with that. Yeah, no. But it's intent versus impact, right? <clears throat> well, yeah, I suppose. But my thing is, this is where that kills me, where it's like, I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm married to someone, like, there's nothing you can say and I'm going to take it, like, in a certain way. Mm. Especially not if you do it via text message. Now, if we're, I'm more opt to take things out in a certain way, if verbally, not necessarily written. I agree with that, and for me, I base my text message context on the actual individual. So, depending on my relationship with that person, that's literally how I read their text messages. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because some of your messages to me are nasty. No, it's no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, you called me today. I was like, look, I got an attitude right now. Yeah, he was over it. Like, I just asked him to go and get a bag of fries from the Wait, store. Wait, did y'all hear this shit, though? Did y'all just hear this shit? I just asked him to go and get a... I'm like, nigga, let me call you back. I got an attitude right now. Like, Aww. I'm just... The fries were good, though, thank you. Right. Just needed a minute. Our kids needed to eat. <laughs> right. I said, and I'm explaining, rationalizing to him, like, I got chicken and grease and two kids in here, right. and I can't run across but the street. you was patient with me. Like, you didn't, like, take my little attitude personally, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you're able to gauge how to interact with people based on your personal relationships with them. Yeah. Because you know that person, right? And yeah. So, and that, but that that's a prime example. That's me. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like... I don't take a lot of shit personally. Right. I do, but I don't. I mean, you think so? I'm very... The, one of the things I've been working on since 2000... Since 1998. <laughs> 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 Let me not bullshit. Since freshman year of high school. What I've been working on... Let me guess. Is, not yeah. cutting people off. Just like dismissing them. Yep. Not being dismissive. Because I can mm. be friends with you for 20 years. And it takes one thing. And I'm completely done. And there's no hard feelings, no nothing. Like, it's nothing. Like, I have no emotional attachment. Maybe that's a problem that, you know, I need to see somebody about. But... See me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's not, it doesn't bother me, so to me, it's not a problem. Nah, if that's who you are, then... Right, that's who I am. Like, so... It it, so, it, I've been working on that, though. But, other, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go no, no, I was saying... Because I didn't finish up my thought when I was saying that. I paused, but I was like, what was I about to say? That level of dismissiveness allows me to not take things personally when someone says something or does something. And maybe saying. the opposite can be true too, right? Yeah. And I'm and I'm very yeah. Like I, it's hard for me to like cut, cut people, people off. off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so I don't know. But so it, is this an example of opposites attract? I think in many ways. Cute. Yeah. Our whole relationship is opposite to track. Yeah, I mean, well, oh, okay. we're left-handed. We like the same music, and well, some of the same music. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And we, our, we have the same favorite movies. Other than that, 
We're opposite in a lot of ways, in every yeah. other way. We're complimentary. Oh like God. mustard and ketchup. <laughs> right, because you can't have a hot dog without mustard and ketchup. Okay. I bet you can. Yeah. <laughs> like vinegar and fries. Greens. Vinegar and fries. fries. Vinegar and greens. Yeah, you yeah. put vinegar in your greens? Uh, yeah. Oh my god. I yeah. live in a holistic house. Yeah. We don't do that. That's poison. I fuck with that. That's how you clean the greens, actually. That's what Apple it's Apple cider for. vinegar? Wait, what? The, the vinegar helps clean the them? Yeah, but wash them? Yes, but the vinegar also like breaks the green down and cleans them. That's I thought that's what the salt sounds like. I'm a Maryland country boy. Have you had watercress? Oh, the watercress the, from uh, the Chinese store? Yeah. <laughs> no. Greens, bitch. No. no. Yeah. You mean the country watercress? The circles? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no. from the Chinese store. It's a distinct taste. Right. It doesn't taste like a spinach. It doesn't taste like yep. green beans. Like it Swiss chard? Like... It's an actual green from the ground. Yes, it's a part of the like cabbage green family. Right, but it's called watercress. Like you have watercress sandwiches too. Oh my God, oh, y'all. Okay. And it's amazing. But anyway. My pH so, is 14, so. That's high society, Basic. y'all. Okay. <laughs> By the way, y'all, um, I just wanted to show y'all Trump.dating. I brought it up. It's a real, it's a real website. So I actually, I saw this on, I was watching something and they were talking about this website and they were talking about that, number one, you have to be heterosexual. And There's white. no other option. And then there's black and then there's, white is broken down by every fuck Scandinavian, Russian. It's like 40 subcategories of white. What so, we have to do this is, is make an account and say we <laughs> identify as white. <laughs> and see how like many likes this. we get. I like this. What, what We're gonna be catfishing. Results coming back next week. We're gonna week. be catfishing on Trump. Oh that, yeah. I like that. And then you can do like, you know how white gays on, on social media are like, yeah, I don't want to date you. Like, yeah, they really then the white fuck. people come and be like, no, yeah, I don't want to like, date no, you. You're not white enough for me. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for an Aryan. Thanks. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Results coming soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yo, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> you guys should we do like a, a daily update on your Instagram around like a account on truck.dating. So it's you guys wait for that. So what I didn't say in the beginning of the conversation was that I was breaking it down into sections. Love, which we just covered. Sex, career, and finances. Self-care. And then family ties. So I feel like this is a great uh, point for us to kind of move into the sex. sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. But before I do, I just wanted to close out love with asking you if you felt like as gay black men who are married with kids, do you feel like there's a representation out there for you? Are there any people out there that you feel like represent who you are? You mean out there in like a mainstream? In mainstream? Mainstream, sure. In mainstream, mainstream? No. no. Do we have, are there personal examples of people in, who are married and have children and live similar lifestyles? Yes. But that look like you? That look like us, yeah. I mean, that you know, that we know that's in our small circle, but that's so not the norm. You know, okay, I got you. Yeah, but right. the point thing right. is, though, once you're married, for some reason, you start to meet a lot of married, married people. And because is it like I've heard before? In Philly, like it's singles, couple like heaven for singles, some fucking reason. Huh? In Philly, is like couple heaven for some reason. Is it? Yeah, we've met the most, the largest number of like married couples here and couples that have been together like long term. Where they at? They, they, do, they know the singles. 
No, that's the thing. They don't. They don't. They don't, they don't really the socialize with the same. You, you can speak your speech. So that's no, fine. I mean, no. I'm, I'm being for real. It's yeah. like we met a lot of them. Like, oh, we came here. We were a couple. I had a f- couple of friends here who were like, oh, well, let me introduce you to this other couple, and then they introduce us to another couple, and then it's like all these couples that are friends that yeah. are like friends and with they each other, hang out and socialize. Mm-hmm. And, and when they do stuff at their homes, it's like them and their husbands and/or partner mm-hmm. and. That's it. Nobody's like, oh, we're going to have dinner at the house and like, bring your single friend with y'all. No. no. Yeah. That's not what it's about. I mean, and, and, and not even that's not what it's about, but that's, it's not like that, which surprised me because in, living in D.C., you would think like there would be like, a lot of... It's a drought out here, y'all, and now y'all know why. Well... For y'all singles listening. And me too. Shit. You? I didn't say I was single. You but being not. married... How do you know? And having kids... <laughs> Shouldn't be like the promised land. Yeah, and sometimes when I conceptualize marriage and kids and all that, it really isn't right because I could be good and well without the whole marriage bit. Kid, kind of want one, but marriage, I'm good. You can get a dog. Good. No, as I can't. In, I can't get a dog. You're not <laughs> open to it, or good as in not necessarily needed, but I'm. It's open not to that it. I'm not open to it. If somebody comes my way and we happen to have that connection, and next thing you know, boom, boom, boom. We're at the courthouse. Boom cat. Okay. <laughs> then cool. But if I wind up being 60 and I realize that person hasn't come, I also feel like I'll be fine because I'll have lived like a pretty fucking great life. I understand that. So, yeah. Yeah, just don't realize that while sitting at a bar and a bar stool and taboo. Mm-mm. I'll be realizing that or in, in the my mill. apartment or house. The bachelor mill. Curled up, drinking some wine like Olivia Pope. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's I feel the, like that's I'm the thing. cool with that if it turns out to be that way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely cool with that. I think, though, um, I would prefer. Then that's prefer cool. what? A family. I don't necessarily But do you have to have, to have, to have, be, have some, a family? Have a partner to have a family? No. No. You know. Right. So, I'm okay with being a single dad. I've already accepted that. I don't need a man or a husband or a boyfriend to have a kid. True. Um... You know, for a while, especially in my mid to late 20s, that's what I thought it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really until the last year, year and a half that I really started accepting. Like, Eric, you don't need (laughs) another person to love somebody else. I know that I'm fully 100% capable of doing that. So, and really, it's examples like you guys (laughs) that I have with my friends where I'm not like, Sitting here like, oh my God, I have to have what you have. Mm-hmm. Like the house, the marriage, the kids. No, it's just like I'm inspired by the fact that black men are raising kids and you're also, you're in love. Like that's great. But I guess I can separate the two. <laughs> and you know, the song You don't need says, to have both. <laughs> what God has for me. It is for it's me. It is for me. From Florida Mass Esquire. <laughs> So let's move right on into sex. What about it? How important is sex? And, and this is a general question. How important would you say sex is in a relationship? That's or does it depend on what you're into? Everyone would say very like important. Next question. Ooh. Everyone would say that? Yeah. I don't know a relationship where a person wouldn't say. Unless you're asexual. Or you've been together for like 60 years. <laughs> Uh, or you're like been together for like sixty years, but even when you're there for sixty years, you still trying to bust it open. Are you though? Sometimes some people. But we're not there for sixty it. years though. But just I'm in not break it if you do your yogas. 
Well, okay. all right. So wait, Cause let's, a fire. let's define a relationship like, for the sake up. of conversation. Because there's all different types of relationships and people get married for all different types of reasons. Mm-hmm. And for that purpose, there are some marriages out there that are completely sexless, right? Because if I didn't marry you to have sex, we're not having sex, right? It could be other reasons why people get married. Well, it's important. I mean, you in ask this relationship. Right. I'm going to say this relationship, yeah, it's important. We ain't get married for sex or for no other reason. How did you guys negotiate your, like, your desires, like, the things you wanted to explore, but then also your boundaries? Because I'm not assuming that you all had the same ones coming into this union, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, I mean, the bottom line is we, we talked about it. And I think this is very different. This relationship has been very different in the sense that, like, we were pretty open and talked about everything up front, um, or, like, shortly thereafter, um, and that's one of the things I love about Maurice is like we've never not been able to like talk about something, um, and so I don't remember how far I was in, but we I mean we definitely were like, here's what I like, here's what I'm into, here's what you like, here's what you're into, like how are we gonna make that work in the context of our relationship, and then like here are the things that like here are our guardrails, right? Yeah, and then every so often we just we check in like, hey, is it still working for you? Is it working for me? Do you, sorry, not to cut you yeah. Do you guys um, kind of influence each other to like push your boundaries a little bit at any time? Mm, I, don't, I don't know. That's a good question for Maurice. What? <laughs> what was the question? I'm sorry. We had, the kids were up jumping, swinging from the bunk beds, which is why you heard the banging in the background. Uh, Based on your sexual was... negotiations, right? What about it? Do you ever feel inspired to like stretch your boundaries like you guys came in with like your specific boundaries do you ever feel like oh let me let me try this out like i never considered that you gotta give me an example i don't know like i don't know an example type person so we're not not pissing on each other (laughs) to my limits no blood piss and shit okay no scat play no blood but for example (laughs) you know one that a lot of people talk about is like threesomes right say if one was like a hard no would there be a point in the relationship where it's just like, oh, let me try that out, maybe? Like, has that situation ever happened? Not yes. Really. Okay. Well, that's not <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, like, differs, like, right? Does it have to be through? I think couples should definitely, like, figure out what works for them. Um, and yeah. it's all different types. We just got back from Chicago. I think, Chicago, hold on, let me, let me cut you off. Um, we just got back from the Chicago conference and we we met different people who were into like different things Mm -hmm. so um, I was trying to see what those different things were but hey I mean well you can't I think the the thing is it's always like oh you know you're black you're gay you're married you have children that you're thriving or to live like this heteronormative life that's not the case Our relationship was defined differently when we came together because one, we're men, so it's untraditional right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had like our things that we were into, and it's like, look, we make this shit work together, or it's just not gonna work. I remember you saying that in another setting, and that's what makes me even love this union a little more because you decide you've decided to kind of set your own standards, right, and live your life right. regardless of like what 
other molds are out there. And, so and or what people say or what they yeah, think. Yeah. Because everybody's relationships are defined differently. Because I know a lot of relationships where they, you know, it's like, oh, we're 100% monogamous with each other, but then they fucking everything in the city. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, and it is what it is. And, like, if that's your shit, if that's your, like, your ammo, go it, go for it. Um, but, like, let's not bullshit, though. Right? right? You know, let's define it for what we want it to be. And it is what it is, and we keep it moving. You ask the question, oh, do, have we or do we participate in threesomes? Yes, we have, and yes, we do. Oh, like, that wasn't us. <coughs> no, no, I was talking about you. I'm just saying in general, like, no, no, I was talking about you in general. I'm just talking about, like, generally speaking, like, we, we back to your boundaries, like, you know, when you ask about boundaries, we define what the boundaries of our relationship are. Mm-hmm. And we do it like we make whatever works work for us Amen. outside Amen. of sex I think that's important you know folks just identifying those boundaries we talk about that on the boundaries episode mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta do it so what advice would you give to couples out there um, married or not just couples in general who may be struggling in the sex category what advice would you give them anything to try out yeah, any people to bored. go see Anything to look at? A couple at. of things for you. No. Um, oh, like what? There you go. I'm I'm just saying. Saying. <laughs> no, like... Lord Jesus. Do what you want to do. Like, just if you're in a relationship and, you know, you guys are struggling sexually, you have to have a real conversation of, like, one, are you happy? Like, what? why are you unhappy where you are sexually? Mm. And what can you do to change that? And you have to be true to yourself. If you, like, you know, group sex... And you're in a relationship and your partner doesn't and, you know, now you feel like you're constrained, have that conversation. Like, that's what it requires, right? Folks kind of speak up. Why do you think, you know, as black gay men, we struggle with communication? Shame. Well, shame. 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 (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't think it's a black... I don't think it's a black gay man thing. I think it's a black thing. Mm. I think it's a male thing mm-hmm. and then yeah. like the combination of those yeah. just makes it even more like you know is it a male thing i think men stereotypically are like you're not supposed to express your feelings you're supposed to be you know like oh, this, oh, fit in this like box yeah. and so i think for men communicating and like talking about how you feel right um, but is, also for like you said black men like right so i think there's this added layer our right sex was really like, um Stripped away from us. Yeah. Like, so yeah. So it's like reclaim as, as black folks. There are hey, things we don't talk about. As men, we're not supposed to talk about our feelings. And then you have a gay relationship where there's two men. Like nobody's talking, yeah. and you got to make like a really concerted effort. Um, and I think they're while, not talking to each other, but are they, they talking to like their friends? Like how does that work? probably? Okay. Like I mean, we're human, right? Like yeah. you want to have an outlet, but I mean, like you don't tell your friends everything. And you, don't tell your, and you don't tell your family everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is why no one will be tagged in this video. Because I th- and I think the other piece too is like me on the radio thinking about like, like my family <laughs> communication, right? Like I think our relationship has been super su- as successful as it has been, right? It's not perfect by any means, but we've been able to talk through stuff and been able to talk through stuff without our friends and our family like in it because mm. we're gonna get through some stuff. Like, we're going to go through some stuff and we're going to get through some stuff. Yeah. And if you tell your friends and your family every time y'all have an issue, then now them. they're going to have a, a, yeah. a different perception but of your you, partner. Yes, You can true. vent to a point, but 
I don't tell everybody like every single thing sure. that happens or that goes wrong. Because people know. like I feel like some people. Have but like, I think what you're you need to have one person. Yeah. That you can like unload every fucking thing. I, Shout yes. out to Nunu. I I agree. <laughs> she got that new new. She she likes to no. rock the new. Yeah. No, wait what? Hmm. Right. You ever watched Atlanta ATL? She got it. Okay. I guess. I but did no, you watch ACL, but I don't remember that. Never Everyone needs that. Lauren London? Yeah, no. Oh, I thought you meant like Atlanta. Like, no, not the show, but that comes back on this week. Yes. No, you have to like have that one friend that you kind of like unload everything on. But I realized that yeah. when you're in a relationship, you meet other couples and you guys start having conversations, developing relationships mm-hmm. with each other. Not sexual relationships, just like platonic relationships. Because mm-hmm. you have kind of like the same lived experience or are living the same experience. Mm-hmm. You all have the same fucking issues. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we had to have sex in like a month. We only like jerk off and like oral. So we're kind of which is sense. absolutely fine. Other relationships huh? have you, conversations. You yeah, when you have conversation with other people who are in a similar relationships, they're like, you know, shit, I'm working, I'm tired too. Like, or you know, I'm just not feeling it. Like, or sex is not defined to me just by intercourse. Like, and so it's the same shit that you have going on in your relationship. Other mm-hmm. relationships. Experience the same thing. So I think sense why if you're in a relationship, don't hang out with your fucking single ass friend who can't keep no damn man. Like that's a problem. What you mean? (laughs) No, you need to keep your single manless friend at a minimum. Because you can't. The reality is, when you're in a relationship, you cannot live the same existence that you let that that you let led or lived as a single man. You just can't. That's true. Like, not saying you lose yourself or give up yourself, but you have to, like, start to develop relationships that kind of look like your relationship and or examples of what you want your relationship to be. We have a couple friends that, like, I look at. One, y'all particularly know, and I'm like, they're my, like, one of my examples of, like, bam, this is how it should be. And, you know, there's another couple, and, like, I bounce stuff off of one of them. Like, hey, you know, I think they have a great relationship. And so I bounce things off of them. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, y'all been together for, like, 16 years. How does shit work? Like, what do y'all do? Like, when y'all were at this point, were you feeling this way? Because this is how I feel today. And it was like, yep, sure did. And it's, that's reassuring that, like, your shit ain't crazy, that you're not crazy. I feel that. But my single friend, this bitch is gonna be like, get on the get on the bus and come up here so we can go and hit up Nubian Dukes and like tear this bar up. Nubian what? Dukes. Oh, mm -mm. I'm saved. That's the the sex party in New York. Just get it. (laughs) So you, but you know what? But but I I appreciate my best friend for allowing that level of release. Yeah. But I don't need that. I don't because because you doing like you know what I mean. You doing the same thing. Pussy popping on the headstand. Right, and I'm like. Mari's got a man. Don't sing that song because you see how that worked out for her. Oh. Don't jinx us. But he that's Shantae's. I mean, I hope this is like. So I know it's. Y'all fine. It's a lot. <laughs> I know we're saying a lot, but I hope like people really like. Internalize it. Take right. it. Take it to heart. Yeah. And not look at it as like, oh, you know, because when you get in a relationship, people think like, oh, you're a new bitch now. You're not. You don't know nobody anymore. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes people are new bitches. But sometimes you got to be to an extent. That's you can't be too. the same hole in, the, in like a new relationship. That's true too, but let's let's recognize all you, facets. You, 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 no, true, I get it. Yeah, you you have to be multifaceted. My hoes are diverse hoes. New hoes, who this? Okay, let's move on. So, how was stability and status 
going into this. I know you touched briefly on just kind of how dating was in D.C., you know, those five questions that are always asked, right? Just kind of like the who, the what, the whens, and the whys, right? Mm -hmm. Why do I even want to be involved with you? You got to tell me who you are. How important was finances, stability, status, all of these things as individuals when you met each other and you made that decision to take it to the next level? Was that, how important was status and stability? Um, it was, it was important because I knew that we wanted to build. That was a plan. Um, so it was important. I mean, thank God we're not like, you know, bankrupt. Like, uh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's weird when you talk about fun. I talk about finances. I'm like, no, it was, we were, we're good. We're in a good place. Like, no, I'm meaning like. How important was that to the two of you? Oh, it was important that you were single and you guys met each other. Like, how important were finances when you guys decided to take it to the next level? But when you, yeah, for me, like, when I met Kenneth, I kind of figured, like, his finances were in order based off of, like, you know, I pay attention to what, I know these things can be kind of deceiving, but, like, where he lived and how he lived his life and that type of stuff just gotcha. in observing. So that gave a snapshot into like what to expect, excuse me, and a, a snapshot for me into like probably how he spends his money. So when we had the conversation about money, it was actually in the car ride coming back from um, North Carolina. And we started talking about like our finances and where we were with our finances and like our savings and stuff like that. And it was kind of an uncomfortable conversation to have because people just don't like talking about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and I think what also plays into that is like how you look at money. And that has everything to do with like how you were raised in some ways. So, and not everybody's going to look at money the same way as you. So, in terms of like finances and your bank account, do you recommend joint or separate? I don't recommend... And you're talking to, like, couples. Like, yeah, what would I, you recommend? Like, I don't know if I recommend one way or the other. I think it depends on what works best for, for you. I know couples who, like, have all their money and they put it into, like, one account. And then I know couples who, like, have separate accounts. And for us, like, we both... We have a joint account, but we both also have, like, our separate accounts. Um, I think you have to figure out, like, what works with you and your, like, well, bills and things like that and... I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's very tailored. You guys are, like, married. So I feel like there's, like, legal implication to that. For people who are unmarried, I don't know if that's a good idea for them. No, to if you're not account. married to I someone, no, you don't need no joint. Well, no, let me not say that. Because in my last relationship, I had my account, he had his account, <coughs> and we had a joint account. Mm-hmm. But that was before Cash App and Venmo and all this other shit. Like, mm-hmm. we had an account. The end was my account that we had money go to together for where we live together. That type of I stuff. That. Yes. yes. Like we need an account, a joint account to for pay that. bills, like to pay to be for financially that. responsible. And household stuff right. and like, you know, that type of stuff. But I do think if you're in a relationship with someone and you're cohabitating with someone and they're your partner, yes, you need an account. So together. having that joint account if you're not married. Because um, every bill that's, that's paid to pay the bill, if you're living together, right? Because it's not going to apply to everybody. I think yeah. that's a good idea. Every bill that's being paid should go through that account. And if you write a check or a payment, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's to you. 
and your card number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that way, if I have to go to court, like, no, I'm you know I'm all about the law. <laughs> you have to go to court. Like, I need to, it to show that it wasn't paid from your account or it was. We're never going to court. No, I'm not talking about but. us. I'm just like because we're talking about when we were single. Oh, we're yeah, to, like, yeah. Single people yeah. now, of course, you married. You would definitely need like a joint account. But I think the other thing too with finances that we actually we sat down and we looked at like okay. Here's here's what I make. Here's what you make. Here are our bills. Like when we decided to live together, like and how we were mm-hmm. going to like divide yeah. up the household expenses equitably. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said earlier, like it just goes back to communication. Like I I think one which goes back to like the first how I knew that like I was I liked him and and then loved him <laughs> was just our, our openness to be able to talk about the hard stuff. Is that where like it all goes? Because <coughs> you. I've heard of like roommate nightmare situations a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially mm-hmm. when it comes with friends, right? Living with friends. Is that where it goes wrong? Is it the communication? I mean, it's absolutely motherfuckers just not paying bills, right? But is it that communication piece that you just. I think it's the communication on? and the false expectation that you're going to do this 50 50. It don't work that way. Hmm. Unless you're making the same thing, exactly the same thing with the same fine, with the same expenses, like in household, outside of household, it doesn't work 50 50. Hmm. Y'all hear that? 50 50 doesn't always work. No, not you at all. You have to sit down and have a conversation. You have to lay it all out there <laughs> no. and figure out what can I bring to the table? What can you contribute? What can I contribute? And that conversation might include what do I need help with? Right? That's all about communication and starting a conversation. Well, not even like what you need help with. It's like, what if this rent is $2,500? Like, well, I mean, as far as like somebody might go into a relationship not really knowing how to budget, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yes. So yeah. it's important to speak up and say that, like, listen, I need help budgeting mm-hmm. or like I'm terrible with money. We Can struggle. Well, I, we struggle with budgeting issues. Mm-hmm. Like, and I how think. How do you resolve? Like, how do you come out of that? Well, I think. We're still a work in progress. Well, it is. I mean, yes, it is a work in progress. I'm a budgeter. I'm a planner. Maybe that's my profession. Like, I just always have to, like, see what the numbers are and put a plan together of, like, whatever's going on. This is, like, anything in life for me. Like, I, I do a cost-benefit analysis for everything. Time and effort. So... For me, like, I always know where everything's going or goes, and that's always been the case since I've been a working adult. Even in college, I always knew if I got some money, came across some money for my parents or whatever, like, or whatever the case may be, I knew where every dollar went. And I knew where it was going when I was getting, when I got, either before I got it or right mm-hmm. when I got it. Because before I spent it, I knew what I was going to do with it. See, these are all things that you guys are going to pass down to your kids, so that's awesome. But that, but the the point I was making though, that was a challenge because Kenneth doesn't necessarily operate like that. Right. So it's something you could is you could show him. Yeah, we worked on it. Yeah. I mean, it's still a work in progress, but yeah. we worked on it. Communication, y'all. So we're gonna keep the conversation going. I don't want to exhaust you guys with questions. No, we're good. Keep going. We this really appreciate good. y'all being a part of this. So we're gonna uh-huh. we're getting close to the end. So I really wanted to keep the focus of this conversation on relationships and family, and keep questions about yourself to a minimum. But we can't deny that as individuals that you you know that you are, you both bring something unique to 
your relationship as individuals, and we all do, right? So with the responsibilities of a full-blown relationship and kids, I want you guys to kind of briefly tell us and the people listening, how do you make time for self-care? And what could help some couples out there? I mean, you kind of already touched on the struggle when we talked about sex Mm and relationships. Um, So... How do you make time for self-care and what would you suggest to couples out there that are struggling in that department? Yeah, I think not only, I mean, especially being in a relationship with kids, it's twofold, right? Like, not only do you have to find time for yourself and do things that, like, add value to to your life and, and like, the interest in the things that, like, recharge your battery, Mm -hmm. but you also have to, like, find time to, like, be alone together, Right. Daily, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, Marsha and Roses. That's the theme. <laughs> Late um, nights, early mornings. Right, but I think like for instance, like one of my personal goals is to like get back in shape and, and just be more and like involved outside the home. And so, like started joining the gym and like Maurice, like I went two nights this week and Maurice was able to like watch the kids. But it's like it's got to be a partnership, right? And then mm-hmm. when, like there are times where like Maurice wants to go out and like you know, do things by like have time to himself and with his friends and being able to say like, Hey, no, I got I got the kids, like tonight is your night because we're talking about self care and relationship. Right. The key yeah. is having your own damn life. Like mm-hmm. you came into the relationship with your with a life, like maintain it. Like we don't need to have the same friends. Like we're both part we're both part of fraternities and have that whole set I hang with my fraternity brother, hang with yours. Now, I stole Eric. He did. But <laughs> Eric lived across the street. So that's different. And we get, we, so we, we, we's right here. <laughs> but um, he totally stole my friend. Brother. Yeah, right. But that's that's rare, though. Like, I don't like most of Kenneth's friends. And, you know. Shady? I mean, okay. it's the truth. Like, it's the truth. But your friends you don't are, like one. Oh, yeah, I don't like one. Like, right, that's not most. No, let me not say that. No. He, lo- he loves my line, brothers. Like no, I don't. I don't <laughs> my girlfriend. No, out of all your friends, there are only two that I don't like. But the point of making is you have to have like your own separate lives. And like, and, and I see a lot of times in like Greek couples, it's like, oh, mm. everything's together. Like, our frat, everybody knows each other. Well, and, like, the same frat, right? and the, Well, not even in the same yeah. frat, but like even in separate frats, because here in Philadelphia, it's like, you know, oh, we don't say name or frats. Well, you have two frats here to like, you know, the end all be all of the city. Like anybody who's anybody in the city belongs to these two fraternities. And I mean, and I say that in a in a proud way. Um, but then I also say that in like, damn, it ain't nowhere else to go kind of way too. <laughs> like so you see a lot of like people intermingling with each other, everyone hangs with each other. And I think sometimes that's that that makes it harder because Everyone, you know, it just it's just complicated things because the lines are blur. But again, back to my point: um, maintain your own life. Do the things that you like to do. If you like to play tennis, go and play tennis. You like to play tennis. Have tennis buddies. I love to play tennis, and the email just got out. The spring season is here. Okay. So and so you're not playing tennis, but I haven't played tennis since moving to Philadelphia. Okay. Because well, I've been I want me to join the league that I'm a part of. Well, I need to get back. Like you know, we could do doubles in brunch. The league um, we could do brunch. The best we could do brunch. Yeah, yeah, I promise you. No, like I we'll hadn't played. Okay, we'll time. talk. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like you know, have those ex- those extracurricular things that you do. Um, another thing is like you force your partner to like 
find to to you have to help your partner um, remember who they are and the things that they Ooh. like, and not like that's a word. Let though. them like lose sight of like what their interests. Mm. Because that's easy to do when you fall into like the groove of a relationship. So you gotta like sometimes remind him or her, like, look, they you gotta remind them like you got right. You gotta remind them of like why you like them, what are some things they like about themselves, what are some things they like to do by themselves, and you know, and encourage them to do them. I like that because earlier we talked about assumptions and not making assumptions, so and I think that's very real. Where in our relationships and in our friendships, we do make assumptions about some things, but other things we don't. So I appreciate you just kind of showing both sides of that. Gotcha. Yeah. Totes. Yeah. Any more questions? Preguntas? Yeah, so <laughs> I really wanted to wrap this conversation up talking about the kids. Oh, because I think that's what makes you guys special and unique and important. Right. So, family ties. Did Let's you always make one of kids? I, I didn't no, want them. I always knew that I wanted to adopt. And Maurice did not want kids. Not at all. Okay. I had a dog. You had a dog. Yeah, yeah. multiple dogs. Right. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't I was a dog breeder. <laughs> a dog breeder. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Ken, did you ever consider biological kids? No. I, look, I always knew what? I'm a gold star gay. I always knew that I was gay. not going to be dropping in some... Punani. Right. <laughs> and so I remember having very clear like, conversations with my mom when I was a teenager about like th- there being enough kids out there who need like good homes and just wanted to adopt so yeah, I always knew that I wanted to adopt, but I never thought. I always thought that I was going to adopt as a single dad, um, Ooh, because wow. the, the the thing that I knew for sure was that I would be a dad. Like the one thing I didn't know for sure was Is that, that I'd be a partner. right. Okay, but that's I think that's empowering. Empowering. Did I say that? I can't get that out. No, your words, Bill. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maurice said not too long ago. Uh, that he felt like it was important that we did not mimic our relationships to heterosexual, especially white relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea that we have to be married in a relationship to have kids, you don't. Black oh, yeah. men out here, if you want to have a kid all by yourself, you can do that. You shall, okay? Yeah. You shall have the increase. Amen. Without the help me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I didn't want children. Why? Why? What was the reason that you did not want kids? Because I grew up with my brother and I in a black household. Like, we pretty good, well off, all that good stuff. And I saw my parents spend all their time working. Mm. And Come not Kirby and Fang. Well, here. No, that's the dad side. Oh. My mother was just like, I'm here. She's just she, <laughs> she was chilling. Is, but again, she was chilling. Mom. Yeah, like, you know like what I mean? mom's American. She's right. very American. I'm Coming here. from, like, you know, a real, like, <laughs> we would say uppity Negro background. Sure, like, yeah. it just, I just never wanted kids because I saw, like, what that was. If in what for me, it was, it was, I had a great childhood. Like, all things I could want, never asked for, you know, and all that good stuff. 
um, and going to, went to the best schools and had you know had my botillion and all that shit. You know, a society kid. But then I I I I don't I didn't know like if I could afford that for my children, and it was like if I can't give them the same lifestyle or better than wow. I had growing up, why have it? And not saying that I'm living worse than like my parents or anybody, not at all. But it was just I just I don't know. It maybe was a, a, a confidence issue. Mm. But then when I met Kenneth, it changed like because I knew it was what he wanted. People at can change. At you. what point did listen, you listen up. say that you wanted to like change your mind? When we moved here to Philly and we went over to Brent's house. And remember, well, we went over to a friend's house and the friends were um, older couple. They had, and one had, mm-hmm. um, had a child from, uh, from previously out before they got together whom he adopted. Mm-hmm. And like seeing how the dynamic of like how they worked, and it was just like, oh, okay. So that was kind of what like started to swing my like swing the pendulum. But then I think we had a conversation um, in the wedding planning portion. Well, not even the wedding planning portion. It was like right after we got engaged, like that portion. We started having different types of conversation because regardless of what people say, once you put those titles on it, shit change. Mm-hmm. Don't let nobody tell you they don't. You could be fine one day, but once oh we're engaged, the next day it's like every there's a connotation on everything, and there's a shift mentally, <laughs> a exactly. Mental shift, yeah. So it, so then we started having different types of conversations, and then that started coming up in those types of conversations, and it kind of just like okay, well, let's see how this works. And I have a friend, another couple friend who have children as well, and seeing them in their transition and all that stuff, that was kind of just like, okay. Because oh. I was there when they got married. You know what I mean? They didn't yes. have no kids. Like, yeah. um, so getting back to your kids, do you kind of imagine them as adults? Yes. Like, yeah. what is that like? Every day. I never do. You don't? Interesting. Two perspectives. Right, right, right. Every day when I look at them, I'm like, like when they were going to bed tonight, I looked at the little one and I was just like, "Oh my god, he's getting so big." Well, I think for you, Ken, it's because you don't want them to grow up. Yeah, not yet. I feel like <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, I, I, I love, love, love them, and my only regret in the whole thing is that we didn't have them earlier, and so I feel like we've missed out on those on so many years. That like I don't want to rush through the rest. Yeah. So that's why I, it's hard for me to imagine them as like. Yeah. Anything older than where they like, I don't want them to grow like an inch tall because I'm like, I don't know. You See, and I'm looking yeah. forward to the, yeah, like we can have real conversation. Like, you know what I'm saying? I had a great relationship with my father, like, and like we spent a lot of time together and we talked a lot, and it was just kind of like really like dope. And I I want to get to that place like with my children, where it's like wow, like we can really like go out and do something together and like. It, it's totally different. Well, I mean, I, I love it now. I do love it now. And I some of those moments, I just look at them, I'm like... I don't want to rush away the hug. This dude is crazy. Oh. But you don't... And that's the thing. You don't have to, though. But you I know, know as they get older though. and they're boys they're and develop like, their oh, own personality. No, so, like, but that... But, but and I'm going to be that father be that, that I don't care. they like you. Especially... No, I'm going to be that father... Because there's one that acts just like Maurice. I'm like... Man makes and then like the other, I feel like acts like you, like they have really taken on to 
y'all's they have. personalities. I think about the one, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like he's like father, like son, <laughs> yeah, and it's like right, yeah. you didn't even give him any genes, but he is so like you. Especially the moments that drive me crazy. I'm that like, has to feel amazing. Motherfucker. Like, yeah, and but see, and I, 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 know, I enjoy these moments now too because I look at them sometimes and I'm just like, oh my God. Because like, it's not your seed, but there are literally many versions yeah. of who mm-hmm. you two are. That just goes in also like, you know, I think about their little lives and the things that they went through before getting to this point and how, you know, and... Here at the Hung Up Pod, we like to um, uplift our black men. We do? We do. Okay. <laughs> and we talk about the traumas, mm. you know, that we experienced at such a young age. And do you guys kind of feel like you guys rescued them? Do you guys feel like... Let me go first. No, I don't feel that way. Um, I think our boys are fortunate and been blessed. Like before they the, even the hand of God has been on them since they were born. Um, even the fact you know the fact that they're not with their mother that's not necessarily a bad thing um, in many ways. You know what I mean? And and the thing is though, much kudos to her because they had no history of anything that would you know we've seen children's profiles in this process. I mean, because unfortunately, adopting a kid, depending on which avenue you're going, is like buying a fucking car. Particularly a black kid. Wow. Like, just pick out what you want. Oh, like, okay. But, like, you, you know, you could build a damn car if you want. And there's like, tons of hidden trauma and things like that and that may not show up on the, the profile that you get. And yeah. But like, even a little deeper in that, like, yes, that's most definitely it. But like, even a little deeper, like you, you know, depending on if you go to a private adoption route, you just pick what you want. Literally, I want a licensed kid with hates a lot. It's biracial, like mother white, father black. They'll find it for you. And it's not necessarily about matching, like making sure that child. Is no, like- that's more when you. So when we start this process, we started looking at the adoption route because that was how the private adoption. the private adoption route because that's how my friends went through their process. You know, nice ass firm out in Brent Mar. That's like you know this nice mansion, and they invite you out to come have tea while they give informationals. It's very like we're getting you ready for the cotillion kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like you know, here's a catalog. Pick out what the fuck you want, like, and we got it. And just run us, you know, that 150 G's and you good. Um, but with the social service oh, route, you hear like all the horror and trauma stories of the, you know, horror stories and trauma of the kids in the system Mm -hmm. um i got a lot to say about that about the kids in the system um and and we go by what we hear so those who have of us you know now black you know everyone can get married now and you got a lot of like these black gay couples i want to be a power couple and so i gotta get a kid too so my advice to you is you don't have to go the private adoption route you can go the social service route because realistically mm-hmm. how you perceive present yourself to them is how they're going to treat you and determines what type of child what type of child they're going to match you with or place you with mm. this insight y'all you gotta listen up so, i mean and when you think about that you're like what they they treat us differently at the front at um 
in DHS, Department of Human Services, the city treats us differently. One, because I work for the city. Two, we're black professionals who are degreed and, you know, drive luxury automobiles and live in, like, really nice places. Like, you know what I mean? Those are the things that they look at when you come in that they use to actually determine what type of kid they match with you. Because there are a lot of people out here, we find out, they're doing this for money. Like, that's real. Like, tax benefits? Like, what do you mean for money? Like... People just taking in children just for the check that comes along with it. It don't and take much to get your house certified to be a foster home. If you got an extra bedroom, you can make your house a little foster home and the state pays you per child. Because there are books, and people say, how does that happen? Because there are books and these, and like, you know, they have warehouses here in Philadelphia, damn near. They're called like something centers or oh whatever. God, I can only where imagine kids live who aren't being on. placed. So if they find you or you say you're interested and you have the space and your place is halfway clean, maybe I didn't say decent, I said clean, they'll push a kid in your house because they're trying to get them off their books. I was about to say, unfortunately, it's probably a trickle-down effect. There's probably so many kids in the system that these social workers and these organizations are like forced to go to these, unfortunately, extreme and could be harmful measures to these kids because I can only imagine the abuse that is going on with some of these kids that are being placed into these situations. But there are over 8,000 foster kids in Philly right now. Um, I literally read that this morning. Um, So the need is there and it is is life-changing but these two kids have like completely just changed my life in every possible good way mm. to the point it's like you you have to think about and, and be responsible for somebody like ter- survival right but whether they eat or like get to school or or whatnot and like the the highlight there are two highlights of my days one like dropping them off <laughs> in the morning at school um, one because they're so excited yeah. but two because like I get some time to myself and the other one is like coming home and hearing about their day and like yeah, seeing them, again. them being yeah. excited to see yeah. us too. Like you can't you can't replicate those moments any other way. But to say to your point, save the kids, like no, not at all. They had a pretty good setup before they came here, regardless of not having a mother. They were placed in homes. Um, one is that typical? Not no. homes. No, it's okay. not typical at all. Most kids go like five, six, seven different homes. These kids went from their mother to their mother's best friend who took them in because the mother couldn't take care of them. Um, so that was a familiar household. And then from there, they went to a household where they weren't familiar with the people, but they were just like us, black, upper middle class family, lived out in the birds, um, working professionals, actually retiring age, had children our age, actually, you know, who were able to give them like the things that like they would need, any child would want or need. They had their children are working professionals as well. So they went from like this situation of like going from my mom to someone who knows me, who care for me enough to bring me into their home and to this other home that's like well-established and they're able to give me and love me and just because they want to. Yeah. And then to come to our home, we, it's like, you know, it's a continuation of what you just had and even more. Um, so they didn't come with like the drama, the trauma, of, like, you know, biting on your furniture and shit and like the horror stories that you hear, like cursing mm-hmm. you out. No, we, and we had a transition period with them. 
Um, the trick is, so any couple out there, if you want to um, go through the surf- social service route, make sure you tell them that you are interested in the profiles of children who parental rights have already been terminated. Because we hear the stories all the time about, you know, couples. We've got a couple friend that's going through this right now. A child's been placed in their home and the kid's been there for five years. And now the mom can come back and, like, take the kid from them. Wow. So, mm-hmm. just be mindful of that type of situation, those type of situations. Yes. Um, yeah. But our boys are great. So, we're going to wrap this conversation up. This has been such a great conversation. I'm full. I don't know about the rest of y'all listening, but... Um, you know, let's say we become this huge podcast, widely known, critically acclaimed, all of these beautiful things, and your boys um, hear this episode 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Um, we tell the truth, and we live the truth. Mm. You know I fucking love you, right? <laughs> like, from day one. That's yes, I did. Okay, okay. Did yeah. I? Yeah. Mm. What would you want them to know right now? That they are loved and accepted for who they are and could be and do anything that they want to, they want to do or be. Yes. And um, them looking forward to, like, growing older and having them around and being around to see them have a family if they choose to um and just like they've been really dope and amazing you guys have been really dope and amazing and fun and like just kind of made me not made not kind of you've definitely made me like a better person not just for like you know for for, not for myself but for everyone so yeah. The show is done. I don't know about y'all. Okay. The show is <laughs> That is the this episode. Is when y'all cut this, can y'all cut that part out and give us a copy? Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Because we can put it on actually. It may not be Sunday night. No, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it'll be I can actually make it really nice for you. Uh, oh. Just in case you want to like post it. Um. Yeah, we probably won't post it, but we'll keep it for them. For yourself. For them, I did like a picture frame or something. We got you. Yeah. Yeah. We got you. Oh, thank you crying. so to wrap this conversation up final thoughts for tonight I wanted to get Oprah on y'all asses alright <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you three questions I just want you to oh, respond okay. uh, very short succinct and to the point okay. alright and you guys can go there's no particular order okay. you feel loved when I feel loved when you got this dick in your mouth. <laughs> Wait, what? No, I'm joking. What you saying? No, I'm joking. I no. So bad. No, um, I'm here for this conversation. No, I mean, I, I feel loved when I'm being heard. I feel loved when he smiles at me. Me? Yeah, same Bitch, I'm not getting interviewed. You say it too? I don't know when I feel loved. I feel loved. No, I want you oh. to read the next Oh, okay. 
<laughs> Bear with us, people. Okay. Uh, the second we, one is we were late for rehearsal. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Oh mercy. <laughs> I give love. No, you, you yeah, give love. Yeah. You give love when. But are they gonna say I give love when? They're gonna answer the question. Okay. You give love when, so I give love when. Oh. I give love when I notice the little things. I want to know your part. This is better than Dr. Heavenly Shit. It's so much better, y'all. Maurice, go ahead. Tell the people. I do love all the time. He gives good love to him. Baby. <laughs> 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 it's like it's okay. You took a complete the song now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Take my no, I'm good. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question is do you want to say it together now that I know what we're doing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. one, two, three. Oh, you, you need, need love, love when? Every day. Love encourages me and captures me. Remember that song? It sets me free too. Come on, Kelly Price. Come okay. on, it'll take you higher you if you only are you believe. Are you ready? Right, right. If you only believe what he said. Yes. That voice though. Mm-hmm. Here we go. You like it, huh? You like Whatever. It. No, <laughs> like so. It's like that beard. <laughs> Take it off. I'm melting. <laughs> you guys, this was another conversation. I thought you were going to say episode of The Hunger Pot. No, like, you damn right. right it was. We done. We're not there yet. Okay. We're almost there, but... Thank Amazing. you guys so much. And, and, you know, as we said before, forgive us. Why am I going to be close? I'm joking. It's Taco Bell hours. Okay. <laughs> no? I mean, I hope you got a good toilet. Listen, <laughs> I don't have a man, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Pipes are coming. No, sounds like they're not. <laughs> Rotor Rooter needed. Oh, shit. <laughs> but actually, I love you. <laughs> Yeah, so let's go oh, move into the hung pop, 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 another week, hung pop. All right, so let's get into it. There is so much. First of all, we can talk about what? Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that how the movie made you feel? Oh, shoot. So we can't get any spoilers. You no. know, and I was going to give spoilers to people who like so, haven't seen it yet. First of all, I would like to come shit. on the show and say it's been That'll a week. Shit. If you haven't seen the show, you wasn't trying to see it. Okay, exactly. so well, we spoil everything. And number two, that's why but, you give an alert for the spoiler so people know, bitch. That it's about to be spoiled. It's about to get spoiled because <laughs> we don't talk about this shit. But because I respect you, Maurice. Thank you. And because I want to be one of the Kenneth's friends who you like. Oh. I will not spoil it. For Thank you. you. I appreciate it. What I will say though is. That really? They paid homage to various wow. pop culture things, and one of those things is how to get away with murder and Emily's Keating's wig. wig. If you know the scene, well, you know the scene. I mean, that's all I have to say. Right? Which wig? We, we saw the episode? Her old wig. The first oh, five seasons yeah. wig. I was just like, Emily's? <laughs> okay. But the one thing that made you, <laughs> it made you know that it wasn't Emily's because she didn't give that walk. Okay. <laughs> that all like my feet hurt. Right. Picking cotton all day walk. I'm prone yes. to in. As the one who does, I know. Oh, mercy. Okay. 
I was just really here for everything. Everything. It was amazing. Um, you have to see. Everyone played an important part. Um, I can't say a lot. We can say shout out to the Jabari tribe and Mbaku, a.k.a. Winston C. Duke, my future husband. Yeah, he's I'm amazing. waiting for you. Have y'all seen the, the black Greek thing going around? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you agree yeah. with that one? Yeah. No. The Greek. The Greek. I kind of did. You haven't seen the movie, so how are you gonna agree or disagree? No, I'm looking at the people. They don't. I'm looking by. I kind of agree. It's, agreed. it's, it's just, not about well, people. Yeah. It's about well, you know, Greeks, but Greeks are visually stereotyped yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see where you. And Mbaku was definitely a cue, even though he represented the ape and had definitely monkey calls. But hey. Everyone like it's just it's just really great when you see the movie. Um, Eric Killmonger, um, Michael, played by Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Nakia. Um, we had Disney Princess Shuri. Yeah. Yes. It was just it was just really great. We we did have some some white faces in the movie. It wasn't just like, just enough. totally black, but it was black enough, and I really felt. Um, like this was great from beginning to end. They filled every second, every moment with something great, and the the visual um, experience was um, amazing. It was amazing. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it and again. So, go, you want to see? I was like, you know, it was filmed on Tyler Perry Studio. It was, so. and oh. Candy was like, so technically, I live in Wakanda. Yeah, I was just I like, you have the money, so yes, you do. <laughs> That's what Candy said. From Candy Coated Nights. Yeah. Now, everybody wanted to go to Wakanda, right? We're all packing our bags and we're ready to go. Included in the trip, though, is R. Kelly. He tweeted that his ass wanted to come with us and visit Wakanda. But the Saints got him together. So I just wanted to highlight some hilarious tweets from the past week. Uh, R. Kelly tweeted, Hell, I'm on my way too. Amazing film. Wakanda forever. Black Panther. (laughs) Frenchie Davis from American (laughs) Idol, another queer queen, was like, Nigga, you're banned, okay? The Dora Milaje slaughtering your predatorial ass on sight. Hashtag (laughs) in Wakanda we protect. Black girls. Right. And oh. shout out to um, LeBron James, oh. who said when he tweeted this, sorry, this flight is full. Okay? Uh, so you can't even get the plane to Wakanda. You ain't coming? We leaving you here <laughs> with, the white, with the white walkers, not the white walkers. You can't pee on those good outfits in Wakanda. Okay. Luxury cloth. <laughs> no, we don't waste fabric That really happened, here. though? <laughs> 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 really, yes. <laughs> oh, Frenchie. Why did she do that? Davis. She sings down. What else she got for Hung Pop? What Ryan. else do I have for the Hung Pop? Um, I have... So, Tisha Campbell. Oh, and Dwayne Martin. Remember, we talked a couple weeks ago that Tisha Campbell... We don't know what she's talking about as far as this Martin reboot because she lives in Spirit of Confusion. Oh. There is proof <laughs> in what? The pudding. Okay? It's tapioca. I was about to say. Tisha Campbell today had the nerve to get on the Twitter. Not only did she share with TMZ from her representatives that she is divorcing Dwayne Martin. Yes, oh, she no. Did. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. But, but it seems very like they're supporting each other. Yeah, but she also went on and tweeted, after 27 years of being together and two amazing children, it pains me to announce that I filed for divorce. It's an emotional time, and I graciously ask for privacy for me, our children, and the rest of our family. Dwayne Martin said to me, best this morn. 
we are family forever. Now, for those of us who know how to critically read and who think about things before we act upon them, if you want privacy in your divorce, you don't. That's why are you on that. Twitter? Well, right. The con- the spirit of confusion is raging. Okay, because she don't know if she go in or coming. What is it, sis? Do you want privacy or do you want us want to give us updates on Twitter? Because I want to know if she was getting divorced. Had you not? Would not have known. You know where I was this morning at work, right? <laughs> so I would not have known anything until she told me. Right. And told TMZ. So, Tisha, we're praying for you. Would you have, would you have cared? No, I still right. don't care. Yeah, okay? right. Because my first thought was, well, isn't he dating Will Smith, girl? Of course y'all divorced. Shut divorce. up. No, no okay. I would not no. condone that. Okay. I would. They're a good couple. I want that video, too. I mean, they what? would be cute. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> now, continuing in the spirit of confusion, tragedies are truly commonplace. Walter Hawkins sang about it. There is going to be a set-it-off set film. Okay. Wasn't there already one? Uh, no, not film. Sorry. Oh, this is the show. Yeah. A stage play. What? Now, not only is there a stage play for Set It Off, get into the actresses, right? No, 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 no. Now, no, okay, let's uh, play a game. Who would you cast as Cleo? Oh, oh, oh. The um, chick from Top Model, Takara. Takara. Oh, oh that's that good one. You got a pocket. I was going to say Uncle Bob. <laughs> Which one was Cleo again? Takara. Uh, Lil Queen Latifah. Latifah. I was going to say Bob the Drag Queen. Khadija Jones. Not Bob the Drag Queen. Bob the Drag Queen? From RuPaul's Drag What's our girl? Taylor. Um, Swift? No. Who? Tiana. Tiana Taylor? Tiana Taylor? No, not... Not for Cleo. Not for Cleo. <laughs> she could be stony. She could do it because she she rocks cornrows like. No, that. but she's gonna be stony. Y'all know I don't have the '90s movie ministry. So who played Jada Pinkett? That was Stony played Stone. Jada Pinkett. Okay, so who's playing what? Stony? What Stony? Jada Pinkett was Stony. I want your I want your set it off cast. So you got Halle Berry. No, Halle Berry. She wasn't no. Stony. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Well, who? I think, I think Tiana Taylor could play Stony. Stony. Oh, or Frankie. Um, ooh. Little Mama would be Frankie. No, really? Yeah, because she has that, like. So we got to cast the characters. Y'all want me to tell y'all we the do. characters? Yeah. In this stage Tiffany Haddish? No, Tiffany yeah. Haddish is going to be the one with the baby. So I don't know who is playing who, but let me read off the character list for you. Oh, I can't. I can tell you who they are. First of all, Debrat. Oh, she's playing Cleo. Cleo. Of course. Of course. That makes yeah. sense. Who else you going to play? All the sense in the world. Latoya Luckett. Now, here's where I have questions. Oh, Jada. Before we react. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did we not schedule Coachella at the right date? Because Latavia's out here talking spicy. Latoya's out here on a stage play. Who's going to be at Coachella with Beyonce? Where's the reunion? She's going to pull them other extras out of her pocket. They said Kelly and Michelle Farrow? Re- they're doing a reunion <laughs> at, um... That's what I heard. That's what the streets were saying. Oh. And I thought it was true. No. Not but the original ones. Why would she? Why would they do that? Why not? Because why? Latoya, okay, rivaled Beyonce's vocals back in the day, and Latavia. Oh, I don't doubt this. Latavia wrote, "Couldn't tell little Jackie nothing we said." Sweet like two, two episodes ago. Six, eight, I didn't know she wrote that. Yeah. So why would they not be invited back on stage? Okay, keep going with this cast. So okay, the rest of the cast right. is, and she's working. Okay, dating Roger Bob, Demetria McKinney. Who's she gonna be? I don't know. I, you know I don't know the characters. And then last but this not least, be produced by Roger Bob. Penny Candy. Proud herself, Kyla Pratt, <laughs> is, in the set, is one of the four and set it off. This is confusion. Okay, and I rebuke everything. 
Who's that this stands for? This is confusing. <laughs> what is Kyla Pratt finna do? When she knows she needs to give us a proud family reboot. She finna set it off. <laughs> what you talking about? Uh-uh. I need money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know the whole movie, but I know that scene. Okay. <laughs> Now, I'm sorry, Eric. Go on and continue. That's the end of the hung pop over here. We're done. Okay. <laughs> let's move on to... Like Nini's teeth. They're not. Oh, Remember let's... when she said that to Shirai? Oh, I'm just using did. her quotes. Yes. Let's move on to hung music. Yes. So, for this week, I wanted to feature artist Justine Skye. Um, Justine Indira Skyrer. Skyrers is her name. Um, she's from Brooklyn. And her parents are both... African and Jamaican. Mm, so she came out pretty dope. Big up on herself. She came out pretty dope, y'all. <laughs> she really Who came. Was this? Uh, Justine, Justine Sky. Sky. Okay. Come on. She really made her debut on the scene when she covered Drake's headline song on YouTube. She got a lot of views, a lot of listens, and her career kind of took off from there. Um, it's really interesting, though, when you listen to the Drake cover, you can really see how much that flow influenced her music, especially on her first and second EPs. Um, the first one was Everyday Living, and the second one was Emotionally Unavailable, which is one of my favorites. Shout out to her. Um, I didn't see it, but I heard that she nailed during the 2017 Nets game um, where she, I guess she was singing and she decided to take a nil. So shout out to her. Um, she a real one. She has worked with the likes of Jay-Z, Tigger, Rock Nation, Miguel, and Schoolboy Q, just to name a few. Um, Believe it or not, she's actually on tour right now. She she put out an album not too long ago. But she's currently on tour, and she's scheduled to be here in Philly on March 22nd at Voltage Lounge. So I'm going to try to get some tickets to actually see her. Yes, for you or for both of us? <laughs> we talk about that offline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a date. <laughs> If y'all are not following her Instagram, y'all should look into that. She is like dope. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful young girl. She's friends with Kylie Jenner. Is she? Yeah. I love it. I love just her photogenic abilities. She's not the best friend, right? She's what? She's not the best friend, is she? She's a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all should definitely check her out. She is doing it. One of her most uh, recent Instagram posts, I love. She's standing in this club with this fierce pose. I'm sorry, club. Tub. <laughs> with this fierce pose and stance dripping in a little bit of Montclair. And the shower caddy is literally above her head. And it's about to, like, it looks like it's about to, like, come crashing down. It's, like, all fucked up and... I Gotta love do it. A shower pick she is inspiring. Nice. I love her. Nice. <laughs> so what else we got on music? You got some so honorable mentions? Just one. Well, two. So the first is Janelle Monet just slayed the game today with her two music videos. It wasn't a... Excuse me? Oh, I love them. No, there was a shake head no in the audience. No, we'll get the there. The one where she's rapping... Uh, I thought it was the rap was so dope, and I thought her you know queer coming video. out video was really cute. Her what? Her bi coming out video, where she kind of 
She didn't need that. We all she know. didn't. But, but I thought it was cute. You know, visibility is a thing. It was like a Beyonce rap. Like when Beyonce's trying to rap. Which is amazing. Okay. We can go with that. But it sounds like Oh, that. wow. Okay. I might have to put I did you not in the that. same portion as somebody else in my hanging up, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And then also the last thing I wanted to mention is Fergalicious definition. Find yourself some vocals. Okay? <laughs> Fergie singing at the All-Star Game. How did you guys feel about it? Oh. It's a bullshit song. Say so about that. She fucked it up. Who cares? So oh, I thought she yeah. was genius. So maybe I'm blind, right? I thought she did this purposefully to kind of Keep her name the out state there. of America. Like, America's <laughs> a joke, so I'm going to make this anthem a joke. So I, and when she was just like, let's play basketball, I'm like, yeah, Fergie! Because yeah. no, I know she sings down. I was about to say, because I've heard Fergie Fer- yes. Fer- 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 she can sing. Shaka Khan, yep. right? In like a YouTube video. I thought it was a, when I first saw the video, to be honest with you, because I saw people posting, I was like, I didn't click on it, mm-hmm. but I watched it later, and I was just like, she was making a mockery. Yeah. That's what I thought. But then I was just like, no, maybe that's too... I think like, she was no. trying to do the most. And it came out as such. Horrible, yeah. Um, but let's call it a protest. But no, yeah. she, no she can really... No, I know she can... Face she off. can totally sing. And that I wasn't like it. she's been in the industry enough to know what she's doing. So I, the fact that's that she's probably she a will I am. was just like, I'm so sorry. I really tried my best. I think it really is her making, a fun, making fun of this entire country. Could be. Because be she is kind of like radical same. like that too, though. Yeah. When like, Because the Black Eyed Peas been some real like revolutionary kind of shit if you really paid attention to their music. Well, she won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm here for Yes, it. Fergie. <laughs> bullshit song, Fergie. She said she was trying to make it sultry. Fergie, I know what <laughs> she you're was, doing. Right. You're playing. <laughs> All right, cool. We can move on to the hanging up or hung up. Are you hanging up? Are you hung up this week? I'm hanging up on two people, right? So, fuck you, 45, and fuck you, Wendy P. Williams, okay? P for her body shape, P. as we said before. <laughs> First of all, oh my God. Um, Oprah Winfrey, auntie of all of us, went on some news station, right, and did kind of like a qualitative study where she got a group of people around and asked them about how they feel about the country, the presidency, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Literally, the results were split down the middle. So, this orange douchebag, who should be in the jailhouse, mind you, let's let's put it on facts, right? Should be in jail. Tweeted, just watch a very insecure Oprah Winfrey, who at one point I knew very well, interview a panel of people on 60 Minutes. The questions were biased and slanted. The facts were incorrect. Hope Oprah runs so she can be exposed and defeated, just like all the others. Okay, fuck you, sir. Because first of all, you're probably coming at Oprah because she's cuter than you. She has more money than you. She's a badder bitch than you. And she highlighted the fact that the country is literally divided. You have these people who may not have the education, may not have the resources to make truly informed decisions following after you, and then you have everybody else saying, nah, this is some bullshit. So it's really highlighting your incompetence, your unfitness for the presidency, the fact that you should not be in this office. And so you decided to come for her. Don't come for Oprah. Keep her out of your mouth. And then she followed up and said that on Ellen, she said this on Ellen, that he made a comment of her questions being biased and slanted and that she went through review after review after review 
to make sure that her questions weren't biased and that the content she released to the public wasn't slanted. So everything that you're coming for her on, she's already provided example of the fact that she tried to cover this and tried to prevent that from happening. So fuck you. But this sounds like Donald Trump, right? Like, this is what we hear from him. Like, calling a woman insecure mm-hmm. and, like, and attacking her in a, treat, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a tweet, I mean... Um, this is normal behavior from this man. Yeah. Follow up. We talked about Fergalicious, right? Wendy Williams decided to comment on her and say that Fergie needs auto-tune. J-Lo needs auto-tune. And then at the end, she said Beyonce needs auto-tune. Wow. Miss P. Williams? All I can say is fuck you, my guy. Okay? You're (laughs) saying that... Beyonce, who sings down. She may not be the best singer. I'm not going to give her that title, right? But she sings, okay? And rhymes. More than a lot of us can. You're going to say that she needs auto-tune to do her job. What do you need to do your job, Wendy? Right? How are those lines working out for you? Because clearly we know you don't just have the flu. Right? Let's call a spade a spade. This is like okay. who Wendy is. Like mm-hmm. she comes from this background of being a shock jock, right? So I think that's what she's been doing for the past few weeks. Like just saying like random like mm-hmm. shit that's just like having her all over like headlines and in the tweets and whatnot. But she knows what she's doing. So we're gonna say random shit too. You ain't clean, okay? And your husband's playing you. How about that? <laughs> Anywho, hanging up on her. Now to you. Are you hanging up or hung up? Well, this week I really just wanted to take a moment for Florida. Mm. Just a moment. This week we kind of watched the, 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 the kids, the survivors <laughs> of, you know, what happened literally confront lawmakers and we're still told no. And told actually bring the guns in the school so the teachers can protect themselves. So yeah, we're going to bring more guns into the school and arm the teachers Mm -hmm. with weapons. Because that's our answer to this bullshit that's going on. You know, a lot of these lawmakers' pockets are lined with money from the NRA. Sure. And that's why they're they're not... willing or able to really do anything and that really goes to show that the people we elect really work for us y'all they work for lobbyists and big corporations that they literally sell their souls to and we saw that one of the victim's fathers asked senator rubio to his face on camera to just be honest speak the truth about guns and admit the truth you know what i mean like this is not about mental health this was not a mental health issue this is a gun issue and he agreed, but later went back on Twitter to trade backwards. Y'all gonna have to fact check that because I don't know what happened before the other. Okay? But both definitely happened. Um, from what I know, lawmakers are definitely considering putting age restrictions on being able to buy an assault rifle. Why hasn't that happened already? My question is, what is that gonna do? Nothing, right? because... Right? Even because the same people who want to, like, blow shit up and fuck things up, like, okay... Age restriction? Let me just wait until I'm 
such and such an age if they choose to even But most of these guns. shooters weren't even using guns that they purchased. They I were using that. guns purchased for people in their homes. I definitely get that, but that does not take the re- away the responsibility of the government to govern, mm-hmm. right? Just because we know a lot of lawless people will not follow the law doesn't mean that you just sit idly and you don't make laws. But that's not the law that is going to actually change anything. Because how many of these shooters were over 21 anyway, right? The issue is like, why does anybody need an automatic weapon to to but to, to supply to like fund a well a well armed well regulated militia? But the law doesn't even speak to that at that point at that you know to that point, and that's that's really where I was leaving with that. Like that's where it starts. Like if there aren't any age restrictions, how do we then present these type of questions when the basic fundamental issue hasn't been addressed? Right, you got to start somewhere um so i think this is really about like white men right i think that this is something that really benefits white men we've heard on social media we've seen that if black men really started going out and registering for guns that is when the gun laws will start to be enacted but because white men feel like they have the right and they should that's just what it is, right? Or, or that could be just an opinion or, or one side of the perspective. Um, the NRA has definitely come forward and they actually disagree with the increase in the age requirement. They're not here for that. Of course, why would they? While Trump has come out in favor of it, and that's not really typical of him because the NRA has a major influence in his base. So we'll kind of see if he follows up with that. I don't know. But I just want to take a moment to acknowledge just because I just can't imagine being a parent, sending my kid to school, and they come back in a casket. So I really just want to take this time out to acknowledge. Um, And I know some people sensationalize things in a way that it's just like, well, this is going on, but y'all wasn't doing this when this this was happening and nobody was sticking up for us and nobody was saying this. Yeah, like I understand that some people may feel that way, but that doesn't take away from what actually happened. And you could take a moment to acknowledge somebody else's pain without trying to infiltrate your own into that situation. Take a knowledge to look at somebody else and what they're going through and not try to be like, well, this happened to me because I think we experience that all too much. You try to go to somebody and be like, yo, this is going on in my life and I'm really going through some things and they, they want to start talking about their shit. I think we got to stop doing that. We got to start acknowledging the pain because what did he say? Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I could have gotten that wrong or a few or a few words mixed up, but y'all get the point. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I actually heard that um, Twitter is verifying the accounts of the survivors as they are tweeting and they're going out to talk to Congress and lawmakers and um, they're really trying to do a lot and you know even down to Twitter they got to protect them because there's a lot of people coming at them online who don't agree because everybody want to be heard everyone to be heard believe it or not even the people we don't agree with want to be heard so 
it, y'all. Well, this was another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. As always, I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I am P. R. Y. N. I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Thank you so much to our guests for coming and participating with us, joining the show and shaking your shoulders. Hey. You were... Kenneth, McCants yes. Pearsall, Absolute Value 06 on Instagram. Uh, J. Maurice McCants Pearsall, JMO1911 on Instagram. Yes, we thank you so, so much for being a part again. Find us on Instagram and the Twitter at HungUpPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. <laughs> Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. Continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also comment on SoundCloud. And... Go back to Apple Podcasts, y'all. Yes. And don't forget to email us, chickens. That's hungapod at gmail.com. We can't ha- wait to see. Can't hate to see. <laughs> can't wait to see what you sent to us. Um, yeah. Have a great night, y'all. Another great week. Peace. Bye. Bye.